Hey St. John, welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. The sun is out. Um, it's cold outside, but it's a nice day. <laughs> okay, so we are going to be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. So can you tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on? Yeah, so I preached on Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. Uh, so this text is interesting because it has a lot to it in just three little verses. It's a very short text, yeah. Yes, and one of the interesting things about it is that uh, the book of Hebrews is it's a sermon, basically. And essentially, these three verses are like, a transition within his sermon. So he's kind of summarizing stuff he's already said while introducing us to ideas he's about to fully flesh out. So we're just getting a little snippet of what is a much larger and much more detailed argument. Okay, so it's a transition, you said, between what was previously said and then what he's about to talk about. Yes. So in uh, in verse 15... Um, when we get, he talks about the high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He just spent a large chunk of chapter two discussing what it means that Jesus experienced our weaknesses. Um, he's introducing here as well in verses 14 and 15 the idea of Jesus as our great high priest, which is going to be basically all of chapters five and seven through 10. So trying to condense all of those ideas into one into these three verses, and then how do I bring all that out into the sermon? That was an an interesting challenge this week. Yeah, it almost sounds like those three verses just basically have all of Hebrews in it. Yeah, so, in a sense, So it may yes. seem like you're narrowing it down with just three verses, but really there's a lot packed in there. Yeah, and I, I imagine that, you know, just hearing it in worship with no context to it could be a little bit confusing, so... I was kind of well, and that's Hebrews in general. I well, think well, it's yes. a little confusing <laughs> to understand. Yeah. Yes, but especially getting what's in sense a transition. I mean, almost as if I were to just read, you know, three sentences from the middle of my sermon and that's all we get. Um, that's almost kind of maybe the analogy we could use there. So then what was the central teaching of your sermon? So my central teaching is that... Uh, Jesus, our great high priest, sacrificed himself and took on our weaknesses. Um, you know, in, in the Old Testament, um, people atoned for their sins by sacrificing animals. Uh, and in particular, the great high priest or the high priest of Israel, once a year on the Day of Atonement, would offer a special sacrifice for the sins of all the people. And what the altar to the Hebrews will draw out fully in his book is that Jesus is our great high priest because he sacrificed himself once and for all for all of our sins. Uh, instead of being a, a sacrifice that has to be done over and over again, it just had to be done once on the cross. Uh, and so Jesus becomes our great high priest. He rises from the dead. Um, he sacrificed himself for us. And along with that, he takes on our weaknesses as well. Uh, he, he, he became human. He became like us. He felt all of our human weaknesses. Uh, he was tempted, um, even felt, you know, hunger, thirst, uh, and most of all, he experienced death. Uh, 
both in his own death and experiencing the death of loved ones. Yeah, I was going to bring up, I really like that part of your sermon where you talk about how he wept at Lazarus's death, right? And we see Jesus like um, grieving there. And that's just like, I think such a powerful, like, um, just a powerful verse, right? I mean, just Jesus wept in those that one very, very short verse, I think there's so much in there. And I think it's definitely connected to um, this passage in Hebrews. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it really shows Jesus experiencing the same things that we experience. How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? Yeah, so um, intended that my hearers would come to God in prayer with confidence uh, in both um their great and pressing needs, and also the needs that may feel a little more mundane in our lives. Uh, because in verse 16 of the text, uh, we get kind of like, all right, here's, here's the author's application to his own hearers, and that now that we have Jesus, our great high priest, we can now come to the throne of grace in confidence. And so I wanted to kind of talk about is that we come to God in confidence in prayer, in that um, we can, we have the confidence in what Jesus has done that we can approach God, pray to Him, know that He hears us, and in particular, I kind of wanted to elevate the idea that well, we pray for all of our needs, not just the great and exceptional exceptional ones, which, of course, we do pray for. You know, we we really need to pray for those things, but, but also connecting to on uh, the fourth petition that when we pray for our daily bread. That encompasses a lot of things that we may not even think about or we may just see as mundane or ordinary. Well, I don't really need to pray for that. But God still wants us to pray for those things, and he hears those prayers as well. Yeah, I really loved how you connected prayer to the prayer chain that we have for for members. Um, and, and you're right, like something great about the prayer chain is these needs do go out to everyone and we can pray to God about them. And many, many times they are those exceptional needs that you brought up. But I love how you brought the fourth petition into our conversation about how, of course, those exceptional needs are still there and should be prayed for. But in addition, we have these mundane needs as well, just things that we take for granted or or maybe we just don't think they are as important because it doesn't compare to what someone else is going through, right, uh-huh. with their greater need, right? Um yeah, and so I, I thought that was really great that, yeah, God is interceding. Jesus is interceding for us for every single need. Yeah, yeah. And if there's something we feel like, oh, I don't need to pray for that, well, it probably means that we should be giving thanks to God that he's given it to us, that we don't need to ask for it if it's already been provided. We give we give thanks for him for for providing for our needs. Yeah, that is true. That's very all-encompassing then, right? Like, yeah. There's really nothing we shouldn't, should not be praying for. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the beauty of the Lord's Prayer, that it encompasses so much, like everything that we need. And I mean, that's why, you know, that's why Jesus taught us to pray in that way, because it, it encompasses all of our needs of body and soul. I like what you said about the Lord's Prayer being all-encompassing in that way. And it did make me think, I mean, give us this day our daily bread. um, And we're asking God to provide for all our needs. And this is really focusing on, like, the physical needs. Um, 
And this is the one petition of the Lord's Prayer where God does say no to sometimes, right? Uh-huh. Like we, you know, you're reading that list of things. And I'm sure all of us might be reading an item that we don't have or are yeah. lacking. And, and that can kind of hurt in the sense like, I'm praying for this. I know God hears my prayer, but I'm lacking in this. I, yeah. I feel the absence of whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. I guess I kind of want to just get your opinion on that. Like, because um, the other petitions of the Lord's Prayer we know are yeses, that God's will is still done without our prayers and his name will still be hallowed and all of that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to hear what you had to have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, my first thought would be that, well, there's still that sad reality of the sinful world that we live in that, I mean, there's sin, there's inequality, not everything that we're going to want is necessarily going to happen. I mean, you know, Christian life is a life of suffering. We're not promised that, oh, now that we're Christians, we're going to have a nice, easy life where everything we want will necessarily be provided for us. Um, But we do keep praying, and I mean, our ultimate hope is not in the physical realities of this world, but in what God has promised us for eternity. Yeah, I guess going back to that promise of Jesus coming back again and um, renewing this creation, right? Um, and sure, I guess, yeah, in that ultimate sense, all of our needs, you know, are will be fully met, um, including the reuniting of body and soul, right? Which does include, you know, those physical needs, yeah. I guess, in that way. Um, yeah, no, I like that. And I think also um, just knowing that God's will is done, right, and that our salvation is secure and our hope is in our Lord um, and that he is caring for us, he is providing for us, even if that, even if we do see um, our daily bread missing in some ways. Yeah. Um, that uh, that won't change how he feels about us and how he will continue to care for us. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, yeah, I just... I think it was a great sermon, and I, I think it's a good reminder for us that we we have a great high priest in Jesus um, who sympathizes with our weaknesses, and I mean, this is why he came into the flesh, like, and he died and rose from the dead. Yeah. Um, he is very much God and human, and that just definitely makes, I think, all the difference with any need we have. Yes. Well, very good. So... This wraps up the first portion of our episode, which was going over Vicar's sermon from Sunday. Um, the second part of the episode, um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about um, Ash Wednesday's sermon and just what to expect uh, for all of our midweek services when it comes to the preaching. Yeah. Um, I know right now we have like the Lenten book study where we are talking about the prodigal son parable and um, there's episodes that are released each week that are related to Nowen's book, The Return of the Prodigal Son. But in addition to that, our weekday ser- services have have a sermon that's also on the Prodigal Son. But this the sermons are not actually related to Nowen's book. So you don't have to be listening to the Lenten book study podcast episodes to like understand. Correct. Um, yeah, so it's going to be between... You and pastor, right? And you guys are going to be 
preaching on different aspects of the prodigal son. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of be looking at some different themes, um, different ideas that come through from uh, from the text, um, making some connections to uh, different parts of the Bible. Um, so there'll be slightly different themes, but all coming back to the same parable on the prodigal son. Yeah, and so we're planning to have episodes that will be released after each Wednesday on these these uh, sermons. So let's just take a few minutes and we're going to talk about Ash Wednesday and the sermon that Pastor Adam had preached. Um, and he can't, he's not here to defend himself. So really we could say <laughs> <laughs> anything we want about it. Uh, no, but just maybe just kind of go over it and we'll talk about um, some things that both of us appreciated. So that, like I said, this is the prodigal, this is the parable about the prodigal son Um and he's talking about, um, I guess, an author of a book called The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. And he is talking about how each son, so the son who um, abandoned his father and spent his inheritance, um, and then also the older son of the father who, who resented how the father just welcomed his prodigal son back, um, both were looking... Um, for different things, for, for happiness and fulfillment. And we have the first way, the prodigal son was looking for happiness, self-discovery, and then the older son was looking for fulfillment. Um, so I guess I want your opinion, Vicar Tim, just about, um, just about these two different ways that these sons are, are looking for fulfillment. And yeah, I thought it was an interesting way to think about it. Um, I I, ne- I haven't read Keller's book yet, to be honest. Um, but, um, it certainly made sense within the context of the parable how that how that works, and and even seeing how like that's that still applies to a lot of people today. And what I thought was important was also the idea that there are um, there are those who go kind of go back and forth between the two. Um, Self-discovery and moral conformity. Yeah, yeah, that there's also like these halvesies who go back and forth, like they're sometimes um, they're, they're um, self-discoverers, sometimes they're moral conformists, and I think that's more helpful than just trying to lump everybody into one of two boxes. Yeah, I really liked how it could really be both, right, in uh-huh. us, and maybe sometimes we relate to one a little bit more than the other. Yeah, kind of using the example uh, or examples of, um, you know, the the person on their path to self-discovery who becomes very self-righteous um, or the moral conformist who has, like, you know, a secret second life where they're doing all kinds of things that go against their supposed moral code. And I, I think that was helpful to consider. Yeah, because I guess both ways are really missing, um, or it's looking inward to their works ultimately Uh right um and i think pastor had a really good line about um you know he gave the sermon on ash wednesday and how there was a reminder of these ashes that are on our foreheads that this testifies that you cannot salvation yourselves yeah and i think going on either path of moral conformity or self-discovery there's very much this idea of trying to save yourself right yeah and i think something else is just um, 
how convicting that is. I, I don't think you can, I mean, it, it probably is easy to see how some people are lumped into either one of those paths or those, those ways. But, but really, if we're honest um, and we really look at our lives, we're very much, we, we very much do follow either one path directly or a little bit of both um, throughout our lives. Yeah, I, I think that was important to establish because otherwise it'd be easy for us to just look at, you know, other, you know, people in other political parties, other generations, and ease, just, you know, pigeonhole them into one of these two categories without considering, well, where do we fall? Where do I fall in that? And like you said, that was quite convicting. Um, thinking about, well, really, how would other people see me? Where would they put me into one of these groups? Exactly. Um, and I know just after listening to a sermon um, and, well, rereading it <laughs> too, uh, just you can definitely see through what he's saying how um, just the gospel there, how Jesus is still the savior of the world. Um, and he's still, he's still our savior that, um, whether we are more like the younger son or the older son, um, or a little bit of both that, um, we cannot look at our, ourselves and our works. Um, but rather we, and I mean, this is the whole season of Lent as well is just this, this repentance, this godly repentance that, um, he works in us to realize how we we just fail time after time yeah. um but that this is why jesus came was to save us from from our sins and from our our self-righteous works yeah I and mean, we're even in lent we're still journeying towards easter it doesn't go away it's not separate right <laughs> yeah yeah there's no i i love that word journeying we are very much journeying through this um this wasteland wasn't that in our prayer or our will the wilderness I'm sorry. I guess either work could work, um, but just how we're journeying through this wilderness, um, trying to make our way home, right? Uh-huh. This pilgrimage, um, and very much Easter is at the end of, you know, Easter follows Lent, and um, this journey that we're on right now, um, for those of us who are, um, who by faith cling to Christ, um, we know that there, there is hope, and and we do have a a safe home with our father. Yeah, exactly. Well, very good. So this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to both of our discussions. In case you missed uh, the sermon from either Ash Wednesday or from this past Sunday, or you'd like to just listen to it again, the link to both of the sermons are in the show notes. And you can also find them on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. My pleasure. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.